All right, welcome everybody to our latest podcast on the MX Vice Network, where we review the WSX finale in Melbourne, chat some AMA Supercross, talk about Brad's testing work at MX Vice, and have a general chat about the sport. Before we get cracking, we'd firstly like to thank everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox Racing, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill and of course even Strokes for all their incredible support as without them none of this is possible also before we welcome Brad a big shout out to Whole Shop Motorhomes for jumping on board to sponsor our upcoming podcast Whole Shop Motorhomes is the UK's specialist motorhome dealer for motorsport transport we specialise in garage motorhomes and race vans that are suitable for a wide variety of sports motorhomes and race vans for motocross motorhomes and race vans for karting motorhomes and race vans for motorbikes mountain bikes enduro and more they know that one of the ingredients for a great race weekend is having good transport that is something that is easy to load, keeps your bike secure during transport, is practical in the paddock, and is safe to secure during the weekend. And of course, it needs to be comfortable to make sure you're on the money when it comes to race time. As long-time weekend racers, they understand all this and speak your language. Especially check out the Commander Motorhome that's sure to fit all motocross riders and their family's needs. Check them out online. We also have an article on the website and a video on our YouTube channel. So go check them out and read all about it. So thanks to them for jumping on board. And welcome to the show too, Brad. How's life? And yeah, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Um, all good. And also a um, another big thank you to Yamaha UK who are supplying us MX Vice with a 2024 YZ450 for the year to do all of our um, testing bits on. So yeah recently just went out on that on the weekend uh <clears throat> to test the new fox v3 rs which came out in october um luckily the weather held off for sort of a, f- a week or so and um <clears throat> yeah caught it just right the the guys at thornbury mx did a cracking job at froster um yeah really couldn't ask for better conditions for that time of year and um yeah, it was good to get out on the new 450, try the new helmet, and the review for that should be up on MX Vice within the next day or two. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Uh, there's still big sales going on at evenstrokes.com. Uh, and anything else that you're looking to buy from evenstrokes.com, the code BRADWHEELER10 is still active uh, on <clears throat> certain products. Anything that's in the Black Friday sale, I don't think you can use the code but um give it a try you know worst case scenario it won't work <laughs> but um yeah big thanks to those guys as well yeah it's been uh it's been the weather in england's been pretty shocking the last month or so this took a real turn the winter's definitely coming in uh ground is starting to freeze having to get up earlier to defrost the van and things like that so <clears throat> yeah um ready for summer uh and yeah, it's gonna be. I feel like it's gonna be a long winter with not a lot of riding going on. But hopefully, we can still try and get out on the bike a little bit, do a bit. But yeah, yeah just some early That's, thoughts uh, on the Yamaha and the helmet too, mate. Obviously, great products, really cool that they've been involved and in, you know been helping out MX Vice all year, especially on the Fox side with the banners, but I'm sure Yamaha were definitely looking to incorporate them more this year, obviously with the bike. It's really exciting. You went to the test in South of France too, mate, got some really great insights and just to test them out. It's obviously a great package, which we've heard from all around the world. So just a couple of early insights, what's good about them both, maybe even some critiques as well, mate. So your take on them just quickly before we get to the racing. Yeah. I mean, we, MX5 has got a great relationship with Fox. Um, <clears throat> they're, 
they send us like a, a full a full gear um every year really like a full setup um last year it was the the new instinct that came out um this year they've, they've obviously got the new v3 rs um <clears throat> which i don't want to give too much away before the review comes out but um yeah it's a uh, it's vastly different to the old style. They've they've gone away from the magnetic peak, which I imagine is music to some people's ears. Um, yeah, they've gone away from that. It's uh, the the sort of the the things that you get with the V V three RS. Um, you get like the spare peak, spare screws, but you also get a a mud visor, a, a foam to sit on the mud visor. You get a peak extension. Um, you get a a different mouthpiece to put uh like a drinks camel pack straw through. Uh you get uh plus three mil cheek pads and minus three mil cheek pads and a real nice proper helmet bag with pockets and everything to put your stuff in. Um yeah, you really do get a lot with the new V3 RS and it uh yeah, it's super comfy, it's super light, it's kind of everything you'd expect from a Fox helmet. Um but yeah. Don't want to give too much away, but yeah, it's great. It's a great helmet. First, first impressions and um the Yamaha, yeah, <clears throat> pretty much everything you've heard about it is true. Um, planted suspensions plush, super level, uh, turns on a dime. Not really been able to pick fault in it. Um, at at the moment, it mean, yeah, just the the power, the way it handles is such such a lovely bike to ride um yeah really just just a great bike i mean it's bike bike of the year so um yeah i mean i'm looking forward to doing some testing on it we've uh sort of we're going out with moto click in a couple of weeks which is a suspension tool so it'd be interesting to sort of get the suspension guard right in. i did check the sag and it was pretty much bang on straight away so um but yeah it'd be good to get out with those guys and do a bit uh, and also <clears throat> try a few of the GYTR parts that Yamaha have to offer. So we'll see um, see what we can do. But yeah, first impressions, absolute gem of a bike. Can't can't knock it. And also just quickly heading out to test the new Kawasaki range as well this week, aren't you, mate? With big things expected from that. Obviously, all the early reports are excellent on that too, mate. So a couple of great bikes. You must be just enjoying it, mate, getting to test them out. And yeah, off to Spain, isn't it, for that one? Yeah, so yeah, flying out to Spain, Barcelona, um, on Thursday with the the Kawasaki UK guys, uh, to test the new twenty four four fifty. Which um, anyone who's sort of uh got their ear to the ground has um probably heard great things about this new four fifty. So, yeah, super excited to ride that. I rode the the twenty three model all this year, race it this year, and it was a great bike. So. Yeah, super keen to get out on the new one and see um see what improvements they've made. I did have a look. They had the motorcycle live show in Birmingham on the weekend as well. I did manage to get out there for a few hours and have a look around and they did have it up there. So yeah, had a little little nosy at it and it does it looks like an impressive bit of kit. Um <clears throat> the the big one of the big points I didn't like about the old model is the the silencer muffler look absolute trash <laughs> the standard one just not good look um but yeah they looks like they've put a bit of thought into this one and um does look a lot more sleek and much better finish so if anything there's that <laughs> but um 
yeah, super excited to get out to Barcelona, especially with the weather out it is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, obviously, it's a great time of year if you're a test rider. Everyone's bringing out new stuff for 24. Um, yeah, and you get to go on these little jollies to Barcelona and south of France and what have you. So yeah, don't um, I don't don't take it for granted for sure. But um, it is lovely. <laughs> nah, mate, enjoy it, mate. Really interesting to see your feedback and thoughts on it because, yeah, the early reports have been exceptional. So, yeah, mate, onto the racing. Obviously, Dean Wilson won the Aussie Championships on Friday night. You know, he got the job done pretty well in Australia, won every race except one. Obviously, Luke Clout was excellent in that last one. And then WSX, Max and Kenny won those championships. How good was it, mate? What was your takeaways from it? Obviously, great to have another British champion on the world stage. I guess it's been over 20 years, that sort of highly documented stat Max was mentioning, which is really cool for him. He was just so happy about it, getting that gold medal. And, you know, he said he's dreaming about it. He's just raced all over the world. He's definitely done it the hard way. He's such a skilled and talented rider. Definitely a cut above, you could tell, just the skill in the whoops and the track and just the way he navigates sections. He's really come into his own and he was the clear standout in both the Aussie series and the WSX. So two titles, two nights, great weekend for Max especially. So just the way he gets through everything, he just stays on the pegs a little bit longer in certain sections, carries the momentum, the roll speed's excellent. So your thoughts on Max and Kenny, obviously pretty awesome weekend for him. Kenny obviously was five points down, had that deficit. Rose above, he was obviously, they want him to probably win the marquee star of the series, but it was good that he sort of had a bit of a test in that last one, had to face some adversity, had some clutch problems and just some bike issues he had to keep adjusting on the fly and I guess compromised to just get through the weekend, but came out swinging after a disastrous round in Abu Dhabi, played it smart, played it safe, did what he had to do to get the job done and back-to-back titles for him on the WSX stage. Pretty cool, mate. So long time since Suzuki's won a title as well so it was good to see that mate so just your thoughts on those two mate you can start with Anstey being a Brit so obviously great for the sport and great for the UK as well yeah I mean anyone who's sort of around my age um a few years younger a few years older is kind of watched Max uh work his way through the ranks um like the future West Supercross over here which um like the Supercross they did back in the day um and like Max would always turn up 65s, 85s, um, and just smoke it. And then you'd go over and do Bercy and uh <clears throat> you'd be at the front of that. And um, yeah, it was kind of always sort of seeing that he was he was gonna go he was gonna do the supercross, he was gonna be like the best the best chance England were gonna have it, basically someone up there <clears throat> in the AMA Supercross. Um, yeah, obviously. I for people who don't know Max's story, kind of, I'm not going to go into the details because it's not really my story to tell. But obviously, he he went over to America at a pretty young age. Um, did like rode for KTM, turned pro over there. Um, rode for the what is now the Star Team. Uh, had a few decent Supercross results. Um, ended up coming back over to the GPs for with teammates with Tommy, which was CLS Kawasaki. And then, yeah, it was basically in the GPs then up until um, a couple of years ago where he ended up without a ride, went back to America with a HEP and Twisted T team, put in some good results, uh, then went on to the uh, Rocky Mountain team, which obviously kind of went to shit sort of halfway through that season. And, and Sabachi then, yeah, was on that the, too, wasn't he? Yeah, Savachi and was was Makarath on that team as well, or was he a fill-in? But just yeah, basically, 
that team obviously went to pot. Uh, he ended up signing with Yareev on the Firepower Honda team, which is who he rides for now. And yeah, like <clears throat> a world title uh, is, is a dream for any motocross rider as a kid. Um, so yeah, just... Uh, it's 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 good to see sort of all of the hard work he's he's put in through the years, all the things he's been through, uh, to finally pay off. He was clearly the class of the field. It's not like he lucked into it. The first round he had some he had some good battles with uh, Macarath and Enzo Lopes. The second round just Macarath just it, it wasn't happening. Uh, and yeah, the third round Max was just the best guy by considerable way. Just yeah made quick passes, was smooth in the rhythms, made minimal mistakes, and, yeah, showed why he deserved to be the SX2 world champion. Um, yeah, I think on in the 250 class, I think he's probably, he's arguably one of the best um, Supercross riders in the world. I mean, he was getting podiums in the AMA Supercross West Coast at the start of the year, East Coast, um, at the start of the year, which is no joke. So yeah, be interesting to see what he can do off the back of this going into the AMA. Obviously, got see. that win at Ace Rutherford too, which was just incredible. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the, obviously the the East West shootout took the win. Uh, <clears throat> whether it was a uh, muddy or not, everyone was still out there. Um, so yeah, I'm super interested to see what he can do come uh the AMA whether he does west or east what he can do with the confidence that he's got because he's definitely riding much better than what he was last year even I think uh, and yeah with, with Kenny I'm pretty sure he Kenny probably was the last rider to win a title with Suzuki in 2016 I think um, obviously the outdoor AMA outdoors um, and I think this is probably their first Supercross title since Dungey I guess mm in 2010 um so yeah obviously he was kind of expected to to win probably not expected to be as close as it was but i guess this is that's why they drop the gate each night is because uh vince freeze is riding <clears throat> and uh <laughs> anything can happen um but yeah i mean obviously kenny is just a world-class rider a phenom um yeah, you take his massive arm injuries out of it and the dude's probably got four or five, six more titles on his um mantelpiece. But um yeah, obviously Savachi is another world class rider, but it's just not that not the level of um Roxon and your Tomax and people like that. But yeah, obviously <clears throat> he took it took it down to the end. Vince decided it wasn't meant to be in the in the last one. Um and yeah, that's all she wrote. I mean, I didn't have a, I didn't have an issue with what Vin the Vin what Vince did. It was the first turn. He just it was that's what happens in the first turn sometimes. I I think Vince was actually relatively decent this weekend. Like was didn't do anything stupid. Um, I mean that, against the Aussie guy, who, Willsey. Yeah, who of, was the Aussie? What, yeah. Dil, what was his name? Yeah, Dylan Wills, he sort of got the revenge after. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, second and, turn, punted it. In. Um, and like, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna run it in on Freezy, um, you better make damn sure that you hit that motherfucker straight <laughs> off the track because if you don't, he's coming straight back at you, uh, which is exactly what happened. Give it <laughs> two or three turns, and the 
the Aussie guy was sitting with his mum and dad in the stand. Um, but yeah, it's I, I love it. I love the I love racing like that. It's not um <clears throat> when it when it's racing like that and you're just kind of just darting across the corner, you're not hitting someone at like 40 mile an hour and breaking the leg, you just you're just giving them a bump and yeah, I love it. Love to see it. I think it's great. Chad Reed commentated and saying there was nothing too much wrong with it. So Chad Reed said that's all nah. right. It's probably all right, isn't it, mate? Yeah, I'd like to see more of it in the AMA. I think they're too they're too um gentlemanly in the AMA. It's only really Barsha, maybe Anderson that'll uh run it in on you. But yeah, yeah it made for know. interesting racing. And I wanted to get back to obviously Anstey with that sort of supercross only. He's got that new lease on life, doesn't he, with it, mate? You know, he's just so much motivation for him now. He really loves it. He's obviously the whoops are just so excellent when you watch him and the other riders, especially in the Aussie series. He's an absolute monster in them. And he just wants to keep the momentum going, doesn't he, mate? Obviously, led by the team, Yurev Konsky's a great owner. He's certainly be paying out the bonus checks to Max, that's for sure. And Marty is the team manager. He does a great job getting the bike right and just puts in the hours to get it all sorted. I believe he said he's off for East Coast supercross so yeah he'd probably back himself to be a you know podiums every week and you know maybe even a sneaky contender depending on how it all plays out mate obviously hunter lawrence is out of the class now so that opens up some space it'll be really competitive that 250 class and he's got so much experience which definitely holds him in good stead mate so i guess that would be the aim for him and just your thoughts mate on the uk scene of supercross how much of a boost is it for having someone like max obviously having such good success it's a great sort of character chase for the youngsters over there mate they'll be building supercross tracks in the backyard i guess like chad reed with the australians and the legends that have followed up him to a degree so yeah anstey supercross in the uk hopefully gets a good uplift with that mate yeah, I think um yeah, I mean we we did a podcast with Max sort of um in the supercross season and yeah, he said he's got no interest in outdoors, GPs or nationals, any of it. Um yeah, he's quite happy with his supercross only deal. Um <clears throat> and yeah, obviously it's working out for him. I think the the arena cross scene over here has had a bit of a new lease of life as well. Um <clears throat> especially with them kind of putting a stop to the all the French guys coming over. It's really, uh, it's it's basically just brought in the top British guys to do it because even though Comrade and Tommy and people of like that are great riders, they're not really going to compete realistically with <clears throat> the likes of Subaras and Ramet, uh in an arena cross event. They just don't ride it enough. Um, so yeah, basically the promoter and Matt Bates deciding to say no to all these French, basically French arena cross riders that just do it all year. Um, it's, it's, it's brought in those British riders, which the British fans know if you, if you don't watch arena cross and you're not, you don't watch French supercross and things, you haven't got a fucking clue who Cedric Subras is and Thomas from Matt and Gregory Randall, you just don't you just wouldn't know who they are because they don't do any motocross events. So why would you want to pay to go and watch <clears throat> watch them in in Manchester or Wembley or wherever? Whereas with your likes of Tommy Searle and Comrade Muse and Josh Gilbert, you're like, yeah, I'll go and pay I'll pay me 20, 30 quid and go and watch um it two bells of shit at each other in Manchester. Um which is, I think, is a great, great business move. Is the are they pulling out massive rhythms? No, probably not. But the racing is definitely closer. There, there was great racing last year between Conrad and Tommy, um, and also they've obviously the pro am class is a, is a 
a great addition that they brought in a few years ago. Um, it's basically just an amateur class, but it's sort of um, basically a, a working man's class, really, like for myself or anyone who wants to give it a bash, really. It's not um, not a youth rider, but isn't a, a pro rider, like a clubman class, I guess, something like that. But um, yeah, they've got uh, <clears throat> a number, like, I think they've got five different venues, seven different rounds. And yeah, I think obviously with riders like Max and Dean um, doing the Australian Supercross and both winning the titles, both being from Great Britain is a, uh, is definitely a, a big plus in the, in the cap of British supercross slash arena mm. cross for, for younger kids as well. Yeah. What did also say, it's an interesting point you make there about how they've moved away from getting the international riders in. Whereas in Australia, they're sort of really happy to have them because the Aussie guys want to be tested to raise the level. Obviously it's supercross and arena cross, two different things. The arena cross has probably got that more fun side and it's just sort of more for the fans than anything in a lot of ways. Obviously the riders enjoy it, but yeah, you want to sort of make that an event that's appealing. Whereas over here, obviously you have Brayton's just crushed it. Anstey Wilson, obviously you have Hill, Thompson, Wageman this year. And even the youngster, Parker Ross, will be doing supercross futures, just another Eureka. Konski team Honda rider and yeah he just dominated the SX3 class so yeah look out for him in futures really great talent really good young kids so yeah it's an interesting chat isn't it mate obviously the Aussie guys would like to claim the titles but it's probably not realistic but at least it gives them a sort of a goal to work towards because they sort of realize the gap and the areas that need to be addressed to make up that level so two ways of looking at it isn't it mate yeah yeah I think um like you said the the Aussie promoters encourage anyone to to come and do it um but yeah over here just um there was it went through a bit of a period where some british guys were doing it like banks brown was doing it and ended up just getting t-boned by someone and broke his leg and then he was just out for the entire year um and i think it just it put a lot of people off put a lot of team managers off they were obviously spending like decent amounts of money for these riders and then they're not even making it to round one um uh, and yeah, I mean, <clears throat> anyone, I mean, arena cross in England is not like arena cross in America. It's not like the Australian supercross. It is tight. It is like aggressive. Mm. It's like there's, it's basically 12 Vince Freezies on the line. Like <clears throat> if you're going to pass someone, you're, you're going to make contact. Like it's, um yeah, it's full on it. bar banging um just saw in front ends off don't work like cross jumping yeah whatever bring it on um <clears throat> it's uh it's it's something to behold for sure um if anyone who's never watched it i recommend you sort of if you go onto youtube and watch the 2016 final in wembley and it will blow your mind it's uh Cedric Subaras and Thomas Romet both going for the title. I think there's like two points in it, and um <clears throat> Subaras basically gets held up by Romet's teammate Cyril Coulon, and Subaras just cleans him out like ridiculously aggressive. Um and then Coulon waits for him, ghosties his bike into him, they both go down. And then Subras is literally just rolling around, waiting for Romet to catch him up. And then he's just trying to nail him off the track. And in the end, he just ghosts his bike, 
it misses Romero, his bike goes flying over the broom, and he just walks off the track to the pits. It's just fucking mayhem, honestly. You've never seen anything like it. It's like watching, um, like, it's like watching the bumper cars at a, at a fair. Um, and then I think Chatfield ended up winning winning the race <laughs> of all people. But yeah, I mean, that's just British Arena Cross. It's uh, that's how it goes. I don't, I wouldn't expect the likes of Wilson and, yeah. and Brayton and <laughs> Elite Clout and like people like that to come over and do it. Because one, the even though they're much better Supercross riders, they won't have the separation there and mm. there's a very good chance they'll probably just start fifth and finish like fourth because there's no big rhythms. There's no... Even though the whip's a decent size, yeah. they're not massively long. They don't get, they don't get cut out and yeah, I mean, we had Josh Hansen come over, I think, in 2017, 2016, and I think he did, like, two rounds and thought, you know what, F this. This is dog shit. <laughs> I'm finishing, like, sixth, getting people, getting beat by some Welsh dude called Ashley Greedy, and, yeah, I'm out. So, it's a different sport. <laughs> nah, it's interesting, mate. Obviously, the series this year will probably throw up some more drama, but probably not to that level for sure, mate, but... Yeah, I want to get your yeah. take on Joey Savacci as well. Obviously, he didn't get the job done, but his riding was still good throughout the WSX series. Obviously, he had the freeze incidents, which didn't help his cause. But obviously, no AMA Supercross with him. A lot of chat about that rule. He obviously would want to do it on a 250. But 2024 motocross on the Triumph will be really good. Obviously, he mentioned afterwards that he wants to gun for that title, which is, I reckon, if they can get the bike dialed and get, you know, they've got a lot of time between now and then. So distinct possibility yeah. he could get that title, isn't it, mate? He's got the experience, the skill, Brings so much to the table yeah. in terms of, you know, starts are usually been really good as well. So it'd be pretty exciting to see him battle it out with those 250 guys too, mate. Yeah, I mean, Joey, Joey's a great rider. Obviously, got multiple 250 Supercross wins, was literally a corner and a half away from winning the 250 East title in 2017. Um, he's got multiple outdoor wins on 250. Um, <clears throat> like, had the point and seed at times. So obviously, this is going back like six or seven years ago now so things have changed i imagine the intensity is not what he's used to but yeah for sure he's he's got the speed and um it's not out of the realms of possibility but um obviously triumph new bike you gotta kind of expect to have a few teething problems fingers crossed they don't have any and it's just um just like normal things like bike setup and stuff like that but I, I kind of foresee not nothing major. I mean, Triumph was a, a a global brand, and they know what they're doing. But um, obviously, motocross is much different to what they're used to doing. So it'd be interesting to see how they fare. But I would have. It's a shame he's not allowed to do the two fifty supercross because I think actually in that he would have a a much mm. higher chance of of doing something because he's a, he's a very good supercross rider. Um, and like you said, gets good gets good starts and puts himself in good positions. He's obviously got the experience. Um <clears throat> so yeah, it is a real shame that they're not that they won't let him move back down in the same McElrath because um yeah, they're both really good riders and they obviously don't have a ride to do the four fifty. So it's a shame that you're gonna lose two riders of that caliber just because of this stupid rule. Um which isn't even in but... force at the moment, is it? <clears throat> no, it's like 
yeah, it's, it's nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows who can ride what, what class. Um, I get that, like, if you, you I get the win the title one, you have to defend and move up. Um, but obviously, yeah, that <clears throat> that's the rule they're running at the moment. But the rule that kind of forced them out of the class a few years ago is no longer a thing. So I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be allowed to move back down. But I mean, I, I don't, I don't run the AMA, unfortunately. Yeah, like um, you said, the WSX does offer these guys a pretty good avenue to make some money and get a really good ride, and you know, put them yeah. in contention for a world title. But also, what were your thoughts on the track, mate? Obviously, it's slickened up a lot here, and the guys there from Friday to the Saturday between the Aussie and the World Round certainly caught some guys out. Obviously, that first turn made up some pretty good bunching, and there was a bit of carnage going on there, mate. And also, the top blocks caused a bit of havoc with the, you know, the cardboard with mm. the wrap getting caught in people like McElrath's wheel and just sort of proving another sort of difference maker. Your thoughts on those tough blocks, mate? Obviously, the AMA ones, there's a lot of goods and bads about them too. And there's also the Paris Supercross ones. People enjoyed them. The dudes were saying with the big freestyle ramp that they had there over the finish line, wasn't it? So that was pretty intimidating for the guys at first. Some of them were mentioning, but after a while, they just enjoyed it because it was consistent, same every time. Just once you sort of hit it a few times and got the confidence up, it was sort of all good to go. And I guess a lot of dudes had some issues with passing on that track. Obviously, if you didn't get the whoops right, like, say, Kenny was doing. But even he got stuck behind Oldenburg in the heat race, didn't he? So it was an interesting track, hard mm. to get past. You sort of had to make it work, sort of stick sections yeah. together and sort of piece it together and, you know, corners and corners in advance, set it up and then pound. So your thoughts on the track, mate, and everything surrounding it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, after watching Abu Dhabi, anything was going to be an improvement. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, <clears throat> look, the, the stadium looked ginormous. I don't know what what it is they do in yeah. there yeah it's but, like afl ground they play rugby they yeah do. like look, there it's look sort of massive 50, 60, so, seater, so it's huge yeah like plenty of floor space and um yeah i mean the trap the trap was decent i had some some good rhythm sections i don't like whoop sections out of a 90 degree corner um it just kind of really encourages people to just roll through the inside um and yeah, just get through the whoops at a decent pace and then back round the inside. I don't I much prefer them out of a 180 where where the good the good supercross riders can really carry some speed and get on top of them. Hagger was Kenny um, through there just quickly, mate, how he'd sort of square off the quarter and just <laughs> arrow it down the middle and even the inside so he can set yeah. himself up for the next quarter. So I mean, wasn't it? Yeah, it just kind of goes to, just kind of shows the separation that he's able to go outside, get squared up and how well he can get across the top of the whoops and still make time compared to those that were like cutting across the inside and sort of skimming through the whoops but sort of more in and out um <clears throat> but yeah i think if that would have been a 180 before it you would have seen kenny just blitzing by people at a serious rate um <clears throat> sort of like it Paris when they didn't like him and Jet didn't get the start so just blowing by people in the whoops like out of that 180 just hooking a gear and just on top of them making it look so easy um yeah and with the it looked like quite a few people were having issues with the the tough blocks in in Australia like a couple of people were clipping them um obviously Macarath had the problem with it getting caught in his back wheel um yeah I've seen a few people that landed on him I thought they, like obviously if that would have been America chances are they probably would have gone down because they're just like a foam ball 
it seems like when you land on them, you just explode off in a different direction. Um, <clears throat> whereas, obviously, yeah, the WSX one's just like a cardboard box. Um, so, yeah, if you do land on it, you just kind of crush it and carry on. But, yeah, I guess <clears throat> in terms of safety, if you're going to jump off the track, you'd probably rather the cardboard one. But if you're about to go, for, if you're about to go over the bars and land on your back, you probably want the foam one, like the tarmac so incident this year. Yes, yeah, like it's kind of hard. Like, which way do you go with it? Do you want? Are you trying to stop people from crashing? Like, or are you trying to protect them? Um, and yeah, I think the the Paris ones are like the the big blow up ones, which, uh, yeah, I mean, if you land on that thing, you're just you're just gonna fly away. Um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you're also not, it's also not going to move. Like, um, I kind of like it, kind of don't like it. I mean, they both, they all three have got the pros and cons. If you were, if you're, all you're looking to do is mark the, like the edge of the track out, I think the cardboard ones are the better, better option. Um, obviously you still get your banner, you still get your signage on them. And, uh, if someone clips them, they're not going to, they're not going to go down, but Obviously, in terms of protection, if you're gonna if you're gonna crash, um, you'd rather land on a bit of foam than just a box. It's yeah, just totally. Collapse. Yeah, it's a good topic to talk about, mate. And obviously, yeah, the one that sort of divides opinion was that sort of hectic tree race format they've been using. Obviously, starts are so key. If you get buried back there, you're in some serious trouble in those short formats to get yourself back into a good position. Certainly had their work cut out. Obviously, the way there's not much time between those first and second ones too, which is adds in another element. Not much time to fix any bike issues or if you want anything changed and get a quick something to eat and some water and then you're back at it. I guess the bikes are pretty hot too. Anstey was saying, I remember, in mm. these kind of formats. But I suppose it's good for the series like that to add some drama and incident as opposed to the longer events where someone like Roxon would probably just be coasting out to, you know, quite a large lead, especially if he got a start. So your thoughts on it, mate? Is it too confusing for the casual fans to keep track of? Because obviously they sort of are not like us and following it deeply and sort of really involved in it, which is part of the job. But yeah, it might be a little bit sort of deterring fans away from it all. But I suppose in terms of the action pack, fitting it all in, good for the fans. That's probably the best way to keep the fans in the stadium and the TV engaged in a lot of ways, those short, sharp formats, isn't it? Yeah, definitely uh keep people engaged to sort of finish rack and back up um definitely keeps people engaged it's it isn't confusing but if you're trying to if you're watching it thinking it's a ama supercross event it can get a bit confusing um the way the have... aussie round on the friday was a more conventional style and then that was WMC yeah was completely like the way the way they have um the heat the the two heat races and then they have the two Grand Prix, and then they have the Super Final. Um, is a little confusing. Um, I don't really get the difference between the Grand Prix and the Super Finals. Um, I guess the two Grand Prix obviously add up to make an overall, but then is the Super Final something separate as well? Um, just I'd rather just have three Grand Prix. Um, and then have like all three add up to an overall winner. Uh, but yeah, I mean, apart from that, uh, the super pole, the super pole, always like the super pole. Um, because like a lot of the time, unless you're like in the industry, you don't get to see qualifying like the hot laps and things like that. So it's always good to see riders like Kenny that are capable of sort of really finding an extra gear in those sort of situations. Um, 
And yeah, I re- I do like the super power. I wish they'd do that in the in the AMA. Maybe not every round, but like a few. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I like I like the format. It's something different. Um, yeah, and I I don't think it's overly confusing. I think it does keep people engaged, especially when we were we went to watch in Birmingham and um, it yeah it can be quite quite a long time between races if like where they wrap them back up if they'd sort of gone back to the paddock for <clears throat> i don't know 20 30 minutes and then the 450s came out it's sort of very long dragged out the atmosphere kind of dies down and yeah it, um i th- i think it's good i like i like the way they've just not gone for the conventional two heat races and lcq and the main event um they've sort of ventured out tried something new some things have worked, some things haven't worked, but yeah, overall, I think it's better than what it was last year, and that I'm sure they'll continue to improve. And obviously, an ideal amount of rounds would probably be five or six, which I'm sure they're working hard towards Adam and the team. You know, it's so hard to do it. You know, it must be just an absolute nightmare to organize it. And I was speaking to Regan Duffy last week, a really good Aussie rider, and he goes, I guess you got to give these guys time because, you know, you look back at the first Supercross all those years ago, and, you know, you just got to give these things time to sort of grow and develop and work out the best ways to approach it. When you take it on the world stage, you know, there's so many different rules and regulations and just traveling, the transport, you've got to deal with all of it. So it must be an absolute nightmare to manage. So considering all that, you've got to give the guys, the organizers, massive amount of respect for getting it all up and running, especially in the sort of Corona time was when they kicked it off as well. It's definitely not been an easy process, but to just get a product on the table, it's at a really high level, you must say. Pretty impressive what they've done in such a short amount of time. So much adversity, obviously a lot of negative feedback you hear from the keyboard warriors, but I believe if you focus on the positives, there's a lot to sort of take away from it, mate. And I guess your thoughts on it as a whole, obviously a couple of years in now, it's sort of probably not taken shape the way they would have liked it. They've had ownership changes. There's been a lot of turmoil, a lot of staff changes in personnel, different opinions from all over. You've obviously got the AMA SX versus WSX, whereas, you know, it's not really averse as it's sort of you want them to coexist to sort of elevate the sport as a whole, the profile, just get more eyes on it, more people involved in it. More people watching it in person is the way ahead for growth, isn't it, mate? So, yeah, I guess your thoughts on it all and how the progress is going and hopefully another uptick in 2024 where they'll be looking to add more rounds. Obviously, the schedules are getting more and more with the SMX and MXGPs massive. Obviously, that's not such an issue, but there's just a lot of racing they've got to try and fit in and not try and cross over to take eyeballs away from it because, you know, the core fans are going to be watching their AMA and MXGP obviously all the domestic championships so to get that rider pool the entry list is pretty solid considering when it's timed and you know supercross preps right in the swing of things a lot of guys are using this as supercross prep so that's how they're heading in because a1's really not that far away mate so be cool to get your take on it all yeah i think um the it's obviously growing and i think it is it is it's never going to attract riders in their prime i don't think just obviously because teams like, well, basically all the factory teams like Red Bull, KTM, North America, American Honda, uh, Pro Circuit, Kawasaki, the teams like that, their their goal is the AMA, Supercross and Motocross. That's what the, the, the brands are paying them for. They're paying them to win those titles. The, the WSX, obviously, this, this year it kind of worked relatively well with it all being pretty much after the season minus the first round um but from like from the sounds of it 
next year it is going to be much more um, <clears throat> clashed with the Nationals, um, which obviously riders like um, Roxon, you kind of have free will to do whatever they want. Um, riders like yeah, Justin Starlin or your Kate Clayson and people like that. Um, it's 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 a good revenue for them. Um, but then obviously SMX and things come into play. Like they want to get points so they can make sure they're in that. It's uh yeah, I think you're very much going to see a divide of of riders that are <clears throat> WSX guys and the AMA guys. I mean, I'd like to see. I mean, it was cool to I'd see like Cole see... Nichols win in that last one, wasn't it? Such an awesome rider beat. Yeah. So much turmoil with teams and injuries. Obviously, that'll probably be the last time he's doing with that beta program he's on now, which would be sort of all hands on deck, developing the bike and a lot of testing. And yeah, obviously there'll be struggles, but there'll be exciting times ahead and it's good for the sport. Having that, isn't it, mate? So Colt Nichols in any form of sport is awesome. He's such a good bloke. You guys have had a chat to him as well recently. So I guess we'll lose him for next year, but still they'll pick up some more riders, no doubt. And I guess with guys coming to the end of their careers, you maybe look at Mookie, Christian Craig, Marvin Muskan, obviously Roxon's already there. So there's, you know, pretty cool names to maybe target in the future as well for them, depending on the money and how that all plays out. Yeah, I think you are, you're going to see, you're not just going to get, <clears throat> like, no disrespect to them, but, like, your, your mid to back of the pack main event guys, not, it's not just going to be people like that. You are going to get, like, people like you said, like Mookie, Christian Craig, Muskan, people who are at that tail end of their career um, that might not might not necessarily want to do the nationals or they haven't got a ride and things like that. But I think I could definitely see someone like Christian Craig doing them. He seems like the sort of guy that would uh enjoy like going to Oz, going coming to England, going to uh France and the Middle East and wherever they end up going. So um yeah, I think I I definitely see it sticking around. Um it does need to get a more sort of solid um <clears throat> calendar and like sort of platform and things like that like not say they're going to go to germany and blah 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 and then just end up going to <clears throat> oz in england and uh, basically it's a god knows where in abu dhabi um <clears throat> yeah i think uh <laughs> i think some research needs to be done um in between now and the sort of the first round it like Let's let's go. This is going to be a good venue. Let's go here. This country wants to do it, but they haven't really got anywhere. So let's not make the same mistake we did with Abu Dhabi and have a just a, a terrible track just just for the sake of going there. Um, because even though they probably get, even though Abu Dhabi probably paid for them to have the event, I think it lost a lot of um viewers and fans because it just wasn't it just wasn't good to watch, uh and. That's uh, <clears throat> that's basically the the whole reason to do it, I guess. Like that's what pays pays for these riders. That's what uh, <clears throat> that's the whole reason you put on these events is to get viewers, and people don't want to watch things like that. Like, they want to watch like Birmingham was decent, Oz was decent, like Paris is good. Um, so yeah, I think it's definitely got a future. They do need to do a bit more research in stadiums and sizes and things like that but i think i imagine they'll 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 keep 
one in England. They'll keep one in Australia. It'd be good to see one in France, like Germany with Kenny. Yeah, Germany. Yeah, definitely Germany with Kenny, like even like over in Japan. Um, Yeah, just I think they're they're on the right track for sure. Uh, Just sort of, yeah, fine tuning, which I guess is the same with any any new series like you said like if you think look back to the first ama supercross like what that was like compared to what it is now and that's taken them sort of however many years to get to this point so yeah i think for a second year second time out considering it was only really what two rounds the first year um it's uh i guess you could cast this as two and a half rounds not really counting abu dhabi as a full round (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was an improvement. The 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 layout, like not the layout, the format of the races works. I think, um, yeah, I think it is. Uh, it's going to be here to stay. It'd just be interesting to see what riders they get signed up for next year. Yeah, it'd be good, mate. Good points there, and there's definitely a huge scope for improvement in the series. So watching it all play out will be interesting for sure, mate. Before we get your final thoughts, we'll just thank the sponsors for this one in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott. Bell Helmets, Acherbys, Ocean Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, obviously Yamaha, O'Neill, and even Strokes for all the incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. Also, big shout out to Whole Shop Motorhomes for jumping on board to sponsor these podcasts. Check them out online at their website. Check out the Commander Motorhome. And if you want any more information, head to their website, read the article on our website, check out the YouTube video. It's all there. We'll put a link to all their stuff in the post on the website when this goes out. So, Thanks to all them. Thanks to all the listeners to supporting the site as well and listening to us. We really appreciate it. Any feedback's always welcome. So that's it for this one, mate. And we'll let you close this one out, Brad, with some final thoughts on what's going on with you at MX Vice and what the listeners can expect in terms of your content. Yeah, so like I said at the start, heading out to Barcelona Thursday to test the new Kawasaki 450. So keep an eye on keep an eye on MX Vice for that review. That hopefully sort of be out within sort of a week, a week or two of the trip um usually have to sort of wait for the 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 media pictures that have, um people have taken to get emailed out that usually takes a few days uh so stay tuned for that the v3rs the new fox helmet that review will be up uh hopefully within the next sort of 48 hours as well so anyone who's a fox a fox fan um that will definitely be worth a read as well uh and yeah Sort of throughout the year, there'll be dibs and dabs of Yamaha bits and stuff like that. So, yeah, plenty of testing stuff coming on MX Vice throughout 2024 and beyond, hopefully. So, yeah, for those that are um, fans of Chris Kiefer, maybe, uh, maybe give us a try as well. Yeah, mate, absolutely well said. And all the best and keep up the great work, mate. We look forward to speaking next week where you'll have some more insights on the bikes. Yeah, cheers, buddy. Thank you.